and welcome back to Harry Potter and the Reread Podcast. I'm your host, David Jensen. Join as always with my co-host Kyle Jans. I almost said I'm your host, Kyle Jans. That's I'm your host, been... Kyle Jans. That's, that's right. Uh, that's impersonation. That is uh, identity that, theft. That is identity theft. Which is hey, that serious. there's a little identity theft going on this chapter, chapter oh. 36. The only one he ever feared. I wasn't even planned. People might think we. Did that on purpose we're not that clever <laughs> do you think, do you think anyone <laughs> thinks that we're that clever no i hope not please don't that will put the expectations too high <laughs> we are back here uh with our 99th episode talking like i said chapter 36 the only one he ever feared of harry potter and the order of the phoenix kyle we're almost done we're almost done. We're almost there. We're um we're at the part of the book now where everything is just flowing. So it's straight action. And I think we're just basically going to be wrapping up the the little gift with the bow at the end, and then we're we're gonna call it. But let's let's go through this one. The only one he ever feared. We get two. Well, one character already was there, Dumbledore. He was there, but we get another big major character who makes a bit of an entrance here. So Let's let's get underway. We're we're mid duel. We're um, back at the Department of Mysteries, of course. Uh, big Death Eater versus Dumbledore's army and Order of the Phoenix battle going on. Sirius, if you don't remember, he just went through the veil. He went beyond the veil. He's gone. He's dead. Harry is in denial about this, though. He's thinking that Sirius is going to reemerge from the veil at any moment, join back in that fight again right away, and. As he's there and kind of being held back from Lupin to basically not go through the veil himself, which I think he probably would have done. Um, Dumbledore, meanwhile, he's owning everyone. He's owning all these Death Eaters and just like tying them up and keeping them constrained. So he's got everything under control. However, um, Lupin thinks that Harry's kind of calmed down, so he's loosened his grip on him. But all of a sudden, Harry finds himself into this big pit of rage, and he is going after Bellatrix right now, who had just killed Sirius. So Bellatrix runs away. She continues mocking Harry, which upsets him even more. And Harry actually attempts the Crucio or the Cruciatus curse on Bellatrix, but it fails. It doesn't work. Uh, he didn't really mean it, according to Bellatrix, so he didn't get to use that unforgivable well. Um, Bellatrix, meanwhile, she's demanding the prophecy back from Harry. Harry, though, decides to taunt her, says that it's gone and that she's not going to be able to retrieve it for her master. Bellatrix hates this news. Uh, she's pretty terrified, doesn't want to upset Voldemort and, and fail this mission, essentially. Speaking of Voldemort. He makes an entrance in this chapter, so he appears out of thin air, and he does confirm to Bellatrix that the prophecy indeed has been smashed. It is no good. It is gonzo. Uh, Voldemort, he attempts to evade a cadavera, Harry, right then and there, but at this point, one of the big statues in the ministry entrance, it comes to live and it blocks the curse and explodes. Um, in fact, all of these golden statues that are in the ministry entrance, so there's like wizards and witches and a bunch of goblins and elves and centaurs and that type of thing, they're all coming to life and are aiding the order. It's Dumbledore who's used this like badass charm to bring them all to life and battle on their behalf as kind of like a as a companion so 
Anyway, the battle continues and Dumbledore and Voldemort take over. They have this crazy battle that goes back and forth. Uh, Voldemort attempts to kill Dumbledore with his own Avada Kedavra, but Fox, the phoenix, swoops in. He swallows up the curse whole and then just bursts into flames and then is like the little featherless baby bird again, Um, which is pretty cool. Harry... No, that's not it. Voldemort now. He um, then takes over Harry's body, a.k.a. the possession that we were talking about, or the identity theft. Um, Using Harry's words, he begs Dumbledore to kill him. Harry is in such pain that he really wishes that Dumbledore would just kill him so that he could be with his mom and dad and Sirius again. However, Voldemort then just suddenly leaves his body and Harry kind of passes out. When he comes to, there's all sorts of ministry staff who are on site, including Cornelius Fudge, who has now seen Voldemort with his own eyes. He cannot deny his return. Dumbledore then has a conversation with Fudge. He uh, demands that he will be reinstated as headmaster. Hagrid will return and that his aurors will stop chasing after him and Umbridge will leave Hogwarts immediately. Um, After that, he says that he wants to chat with... uh, fudge some more but Dumbledore sets up a port key for Harry tells him to use it and that he'll be back soon to discuss everything after chatting with the Minister of Magic some more so Harry takes the port key and off he goes yeah 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 uh non-stop action really in this chapter non-stop action I think maybe there's a few things that we could point out as maybe points of interest but i guess maybe the first thing for me that kind of came to was harry using the cruciatus curse i had kind of forgotten about that and interesting to get bellatrix's perspective on this her saying that oh you could try it but unless you actually unless you're actually kind of like sick and twisted enough to actually mean it to actually want to cause pain to enjoy causing yeah. pain it was the enjoyment she was like it's only gonna can't. last for it she's like it will only last for a second yeah so he i mean yeah that was the first thing actually i guess that's not the very first thing that happens in the chapter the very first thing that happens in the chapter is is harry is basically like you said he's in denial but i think it's a little bit more than being in denial i think he didn't really understand at first mm-hmm. i guess that maybe that is denial um but he thinks, because remember, if we remember before, when they first encountered the veil, he could hear voices that other people couldn't hear. Yeah. So he was convinced. That he was convinced that there, there were just, just people back going there. on there. Right. So Which it took doesn't him. doesn't make sense because it's no. just. No, it took him. A, on the other side. It did take him a second to, to really wrap his head. And, that, and that's, that's actually sad to read, to watch him struggle with not understanding and then realizing and then mm-hmm. being like, oh, shit. Um. So then he's like, you know what? I don't know what I'll do. I'll chase after that Death Eater who was just good enough to kill Sirius. I can do something about it. No. 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 She's, he underestimates her power. Like in regards to the ranks of I think he doesn't Death care. Eaters, she's he up does. there. Yeah. Think, well, that's yeah. the other thing. He's acting out of pure emotion at this yeah. point, which we know him to do. He's a very emotionally driven person and kind of is on his guiding principles of love which we'll get into later on but it's his love of Sirius essentially that is causing him to 
want to get this retribution and kind of yeah. goes after her without thinking but he's almost a fish out of water in this it's what she scenario. wanted it's what yeah. she wanted like she she landed out she saw what was happening she's like well she can't go up against dumbledore she's better get out of there i mean when she did go up against dumbledore she was uh out in like a second yeah she cast her cruciatus curse and the next second uh she's being pinned to the ground by a you know by a witch an animate statue, statue. Yeah. yeah um the Battle tactic of Dumbledore just using the statues to absorb all the curses. That's pretty good. That was it. I've it's never been something like that has never been used before to my knowledge. And I okay. feel like that's got to be pretty powerful magic to be able to do that too. I've been um getting into not really Dungeons and Dragons, but I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 lately, which is based off of Dungeons and Dragons. And so when you play as like a spellcaster, those types of spells where you can just like either create like new allies out of a dead body or moving and controlling inanimate objects that's that's high level stuff i will say and so i feel like that's gotta kind of transition over into this because even let's take a look like hermione being like the the probably the greatest and brightest witch within the entire school for her age that type of thing and she's not capable of doing something like this and i feel like most adults who are well trained such as an they don't really have that level of ability either otherwise i feel like we would have seen it at this point well i think it's create i think the thing that really struck me is how creative it was mm-hmm. he could have tried to just like duel Voldemort straight up like harry does later on um and like you know, one-to-one dueling, but he doesn't want to energy. He also just expended a bunch of energy defeating a bunch of other uh, strong wizards. So he's like, um, let me just throw this there and that will absorb the curse. And then once it's done, I assume that's less magic and less effort than than just deflecting the curse himself. Um, we also know that, you know, Avada Kedavra can't be deflected, mm-hmm. right? There's no counter curse so yeah I, yeah so I, I think that, that was uh, to, that was yeah sh- yeah, yeah go ahead it, it goes to show like i think how dumbledore is like a super you know he's the best wizard of all time and it's maybe not just because of his ability like technical abilities but his creativity of being able to use the environment and whatever's around him to his advantage as well which we're seeing on on display yeah yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, we did see a very uh, animated, or uh, not an inanimate object, absorb a killing curse, uh, which was Fox. Fox mm-hmm. is literally the best pet ever. First off, not only does he just arrive to just, you know, take the killing curse, he's also then not dead. <laughs> like, that's the best. That's the best thing you could ever want from a pet. That Fox. type of loyalty. And then also, no downside. He's come through, like, numerous times for this crew throughout the entire series we see him first in the second book and he comes in with the sorting hat which has godric gryffindor's sword in it and the chamber of secrets Mm -hmm. see him again in the fourth book when he right he's in the fourth yeah he literally takes flies harry away and then cures his wounds and stuff that he got while battling the death eaters and here we are again he saves dumbledore's ass that's the second book was that the second book yeah Yeah, at the end at the end of the fourth book 
but he's in the fourth book. I he? think he's. In, I think. I think that he's. I think Harry sees him. I don't think he. He did anything. I don't think he did anything in that All particular right. one. Well, whatever. He's still a badass pet. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Dumbledore could have just died there, and then what would have happened? Or Box could have died, and that would have been ultimately incredibly sad. Yeah. Um, but here's to immortal Fox. Yeah, that's good. Um. One thing you didn't necessarily explain when you were recapping, which I thought was like pretty chilling, was when Voldemort takes over Harry. Well, I didn't explain it because we were going to discuss it more. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying this is a key <laughs> point here that we are here to discuss is like he takes him over and like talks to Dumbledore. But mm-hmm. before that, he also like takes hold of his brain and just before Dumbledore arrives, and just has him stand there, it, like he's basically just like he's got to cast the killing curse, and and Harry's just standing there, being like, "I'm not raising my arms. Just hit me with it." Like, yeah. Like they really, really, really should have explained how important a clemency was to Harry, and all the different downsides of not getting it. Yeah. Um. They did a they being Dumbledore. Um, did a very poor job explaining why he needed to learn this. Um, now, at the end of the chapter, Dumbledore says he's about to tell Harry everything, so we might uh, we well, can talk more about that I'm at that time. We'll get into it at that point, yeah. but yeah, the magic itself or the possession itself is actually really chilling as well. Like for him to take over Harry's body like that, because. We should talk about Dumbledore's demeanor first. Dumbledore has been very chill throughout this entire interaction with Voldemort. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, though, it is noted that Dumbledore experiences fear for the first time when Voldemort goes to take over Harry's body. So that's something that he didn't expect to happen, nor did he want to happens so that was kind of interesting to note that he shows fear there but then just like how much pain harry's in to the point where he would rather be dead at that point yeah he leaves suddenly he does i mean i think when he when i think it's a little bit of a last second gamble there from voldemort he's thinking maybe maybe um dumbledore will do this um but I, i think i think it's just a let me try one last thing. I'm on my way out of here. I, I've already clearly been here too long. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really all the things that happened. I mean, <laughs> it was just a, it was a, one of the shorter chapters of the book, and it's just nonstop magic Action. duel. Yeah. yeah. At the end, we get Fudge, who is oh, that's dumb, right, dumbfounded. Um, Fudge he's... and other ministry members, so Fudge cannot bury this under the rug. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so he has no choice but to essentially give in to Dumbledore's demands here that he be reinstated and whatnot. So ultimately, yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad for fudge. So we did some predictions on this chapter. We, I said that Voldemort, Voldemort will arrive, they'll have their duel, and that fudge will catch the end of the duel, which uh, that pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, you said that Dumbledore will clean up the mess, which he did. We get the at the beginning, we get the confirmation of him clearing up everybody else. He takes care of Dellatrix as well. Harry will be upset. Yeah, uh, yes, Harry was in fact upset at the beginning. 
And then we'll get some explanation. We, in fact, did not get any explanation. No, yeah. no. That's coming too up soon. next. This chapter was too short for explanation. So a couple things that I had forgotten. I had forgotten that prior to, to Voldemort arriving, Harry just chases Bellatrix like an idiot. Um, all that work to come save him, and he could have just thrown it away. Uh, and then there was like a scene that I thought was pretty nice. So Neville is still the only friend awake. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is either away or composed. Um, and Neville asks Harry if Sirius was his friend. Because in Neville's mind, Sirius Black is still a bad guy. He doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know, but he quickly put together, oh, there's something I don't know here. And I thought that was just a nice scene between Harry and Neville. Um, I wish this entire time Sir Neville's talking like, oh, Harry, Arb, what about your brand? Right, because his nose is broken. His nose. But it's just so annoying to read that. Like, <laughs> just, just yeah. have him speak normally. We know he's in pain. He doesn't need to have, like, distorted speech anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, anything jumping out to you is stuff you had forgotten from this chapter? No, just kind of the stuff that we had mentioned. Like, I totally forgot that he attempted a Cruciatus curse. Right. I forgot about the possession. Um, the Phoenix, like Fox, just I forgot about the that. curse. Just, yeah, that was cool. So badass and cool. Yeah. So they should have put that in the movie. Mm-hmm. This whole scene should have just been word for word, or chapter should have just been word for word transposed into the movie. The way they described, like, the spells, like, Voldemort had, or, or Harry, or Dumbledore had Voldemort in, like, a a web of fire that was he was under control and then Voldemort rested to control and the fire became a snake and like it was yeah. it was cool yeah it's really cool do yourself a favor and actually go back and and read this description of the fight because it's it's really well done and it's very entertaining yeah. very entertaining um it's, anything jumped out to you that that it's didn't make hard sense? it's hard to think of something that didn't make sense because it's just all action right it's people who are making reactive decisions with with in very split seconds and in very limited amounts of time. So it's very hard to try and pinpoint something that doesn't make sense because it's just all like from point yeah, to point. Yeah, I, I agree. I had kind of a weak one here, but the only thing that doesn't make sense is it really felt like Voldemort, or sorry, Dumbledore knew the ministry was coming. And I just wonder, could they not have sped that process up? Like, could the order not have sped that process up? Like, like they go to the ministry to help Harry. They're on their way. Bing, bang. They're going. Now, is there nothing that could have been done to make that, make Fudge and the other people arrive faster? Like, even if they didn't know Voldemort was coming, catching a bunch of people in Death Eater gear, that's still a pretty big win for the order. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think maybe Dumbledore did do something about it. So when I look here, I've found this description of when Dumbledore reanimates all the objects. So we say the statue of the witch ran at Bellatrix. Uh, Okay, this is the part here. Meanwhile, the goblin and the house elf scuttled towards the fireplaces set along the wall. So 
the fireplaces we know is where people are coming to and from. Yeah. So did they go? Did they use the fireplaces? Did maybe, maybe something. Maybe with he that? did. Maybe he did try and speed it up. Yeah. I mean that that was the only thing that really jumped me. There wasn't much for this chapter. Like, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty basic. It was a. Uh, it was a fight. Yeah. I only have one other thought, and like, as far as plans go, Harry's plan to go into the ministry in the Department of Mysteries, stupid plan. But it does result in some good in the end. So, yeah, he loses his godfather. Yeah, it's a big tragic mess and all of his friends are injured. But Voldemort's been exposed. Yep. Death Eaters have been captured. And we'll, we'll see about I, I'm very curious to see what the um, what the fallout of the captured Death Eaters are. Yeah, that. And then just Dumbledore and Harry's public image is going to improve after this so yeah there were a few good things that came out of it yeah it definitely the plan definitely backfired completely for Voldemort Mm -hmm. he didn't get the prophecy he ended up being exposed and he's going to lose a few Death Eaters I don't think he's going to lose that many for that long but well considering he has like the Dementors and everything on his side now yeah everything else so yeah yeah so yeah there we are this was uh a good chapter to read but it's just a fight uh, you know yeah. if we're gonna be really quick summary here this was a wizard fight and the minister in fact saw Voldemort at the end of said wizard fight any quotes stand out to you for this one just two that came out from Dumbledore who's like super calm as I mentioned throughout this entire thing and I just love that he doesn't call Voldemort Voldemort. He calls, yeah. he calls him Tom, which I think he only does to his, like, because when Harry and Dumbledore are discussing Voldemort in the past, he says Voldemort, but he calls him Tom, which is just the ultimate kind of like, fuck you, almost. Like, I remember you as a student of mine, Tom, and you are nothing but just a kid to me, basically. Yeah, yeah. so he only, he goes, you're right, he does only use it when he's talking to him to just sort of bring him down that peg every time it's yeah. clever it's clever so there's one quote he's like oh it's foolish of you to come here tom and then the other part that i liked and i think kind of hints into what will be discussed in the next book with the horcruxes is he says we both know there are other ways of destroying a man tom merely taking your life would not satisfy me i admit so I I, re- I liked that line and thought it was rather important too to what's to come for the remainder of the series. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I have a quote. I should probably tell it. So Harry is taunting Bellatrix, saying, uh, uh, "The prophecy is broken," and she's like, she's like yelling out, you know, to Voldemort, "Don't, don't be mad." And he's like, "He can't hear you." And then you just hear. Can't I, Potter? In a, in a high, cold voice. And I was like, that's a, that's a cool entrance. It's chilling, yeah. That's a cool entrance. Yeah, so I like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, LVP. I th- Voldemort, I think. Uh, we You alluded to it earlier, but he's, his plan ultimately fails. He came in. 
like I think of last year when he had Harry and in the in the port key after the Triwizard tournament and you know he goes on like his big long speech he's like a cat toying with his prey but this time he just wanted to come in he wanted to kill Harry he went instantly to Avada Kedavra with Harry he failed he doesn't get the prophecy that he needs in order to figure out what is going on and how to ultimately end Harry. So it's just, it's a lot of stuff that doesn't work out for him this time around. It's true. It's true. This did end up backfiring. I mean, I, I just assumed fudges in the chapter. It had to be fudge, right? <laughs> it's the um, rare, it's the rare chapter that I'm not going to pick fudge in. A I mean, the things that, that go poorly, in. things that go poorly for fudge here is he can no longer see <laughs> that he didn't, we get confirmation that it's not that he believed Dumbledore, but just didn't want that info. He didn't believe him. He didn't he believe truly, it at all. Yeah. He truly didn't believe that Voldemort that, was back. And that's the uh, thing, right? Like it's, there's incompetence and then there's just denial. Not denial. Yeah. And he wasn't even in denial. He was just incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I, I would love to give it to Fudge, but I think you're right. I think it is Voldemort here. Bellatrix also like she didn't. She didn't have much going on in her. She just got pinned by a statue. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, but Voldemort, his whole plan completely backfires. So I think we got to go Voldemort. I agree. MVP, there's no real discussion here. This is Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, we talked about all his cool wizarding stuff. We didn't really talk about, but he gets himself reinstated right away. He gets Umbridge out. Hagrid's off the... Hagrid's um, free to come back. And then he just... He just creates a port key for Harry to go back and Fudge is like, you can't do that. And Dumbledore's just like, screw off. Like, I'm doing whatever I want. Clearly, we all agree that you're useless. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. So MVP votes for Dumbledore across the board. Plus he calls Voldemort Tom. Plus he calls Voldemort Tom. Yeah. All right. That was a fun chapter to read. Mm-hmm. Next chapter, Lost. Chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy. What is uh gonna happen uh we're gonna tie up you know there's two chapters left we're gonna tie up our loose ends now we're gonna figure out kind of anything that's been left open-ended it's gonna it's gonna close here we'll obviously learn about the prophecy we're gonna learn that neither can live while the other survives i think we're gonna learn a little bit about what saved harry that night why he survived that type of thing so that's ultimately what's going to happen this next chapter yeah um yeah i mean i i think here as per the theme of this book harry's gonna harry's gonna have had 30 minutes to decompress everything that just happened he's gonna be uh real upset Mm. um when dumbledore returns dumbledore's gonna tell harry like in terms of loose ends, a specific loose end, he's going to tell him why he wasn't talking to him this year. We're going to get that wrapped up. And then he'll tell Harry the the prophecy because he knows the prophecy. And I wrote here that he heard it from Snape, who heard it from Trelawney. And it was the reason this, this prophecy ended up being the reason that Trelawney was hired. Yeah. So that would be the next chapter. There it is. It's the it's the ever classic Dumbledore Harry uh connecting at the end of the book chapter is the, I believe the, what was the coming. debrief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so we'll be back. Oh wait. Nope. Somebody died this chapter. Official death. 
Oh, yeah. Time to rank them in saddest deaths. Everyone's favorite segment, whose death is the saddest? Um, So a quick reminder of the current list. In eighth place, Barty Crouch Jr., who suffered the kiss of death. Quirrell, the Flamels, Barty Crouch Sr. This is going from least sad to most sad. Uh, Bertha Jorkins, Frank Bryce, Buck Beak when we thought he died. Or when he did technically die before we reverse time. And then in the number one spot right now is Cedric Diggory. So now we have to place Sirius Black. And the only question with Sirius Black is, is it more or less sad than Cedric Diggory? That's a good question. My initial thought was, oh, well, Sirius is the most sad because he meant the most to Harry. But then I think... Really, like Sirius was doomed to. Well, isn't that brings up a good question? Well, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll cut Had... you off here. Cut you off here because my thought process has, has followed the exact same. Initially, I was like, "Well, Sirius is just number one," but then it's not what's the saddest death, death to Harry because it's... that would have that would have changed the list already. I think the, Nicholas Hamel dying would be more sad than Barty Crouch, or and he yeah, didn't even know yeah. Bertha Jorkins died. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of what is actually sadder in the context of the world, I think young Cedric Diggory not getting a life. Like what happened? Like that is sad. Serious dying and is sad. But serious life, like he didn't really have a life. He did. And he what happened to Sirius that was so terrible was 15 years ago. My thought about Sirius, though, is now things are are switching. Maybe the public perception towards Sirius would have changed. Maybe he could have had a life. Maybe, After. maybe, maybe, and this is why After we're this. arguing one and two. Uh, I mean, I think, I think I would put Cedric one because there's a life that never got a chance. I versus yeah. Sirius, who had a chance, he did some good with it. He was, to your point, he was turning it around. We don't know what was going to happen. We don't know if he would have been cleared. I or think he might have just honestly. I think he was. He's damaged goods. I kind of think. That, I kind of think there's no way they clear Sirius Black. That's the thing. I agree. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's the number two because Cedric, like you said, young, very promising life died. But not only that, but the situation of like reading like, yeah, Harry's upset. But when you have Amos Diggory coming out, yeah, like, my boy, my boy. And like a dead body in a very public area as the well, I always picture the movie with like the classic. Dun. The movie, like the, 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 the marching march band, the yeah. marching band going. So, but yeah, I think that still is number one. I I have to agree with you on that. I'm surprised that we got here, but I but I also agree. I, I think it's it's pretty sad, but here it is. And Fox doesn't have to make the list because he's not dead. Otherwise, no. that would be number one forever um, immortal. Yeah. So there we go. That that will wrap up. That is our chapter. this our 99th episode of Harry Potter and the Reread podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Um, subscribe to us on uh, podcast platforms and we'll be back next week with our next episode I'm David that was Kyle bye bye